Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to freeze. Wait. Not a game. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. All right, we want to welcome on, welcome on to talk Chicago Bulls on the Points in the Paint podcast. Elias Schuster, writer for Bleacher Nation, Bleacher Nation Bulls. Elias, how are you doing? I'm doing good. This is this is exciting. It's the best time of year. Basketball yes, season starting. It is, right? So I'm excited. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm excited to talk some Chicago Bulls. Absolutely, we are too. And I have to say, before we start, I know you've got a podcast as well, Points in the Podcast, and we're Points in the yes. Paint podcast. So... Are we going to see like residuals? You know, what's kind of the, what's kind of the deal here? I, Crossover, I, what we yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw this happen and it was, and I was just like, wait a minute here. So we'll have, there are maybe some crossover content we should throw in there. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, uh, you know, like I give some points in the podcast. You give some points about the pain in the podcast. You know, like it's whatever, just a little yeah. <laughs> Perfect. But we can, uh, yeah, we'll do some crossover. I'll, yeah, I'll try to get a, I'll, I'll try to send those residual checks, you know, just maybe cut them in half. We'll see what happens. Of course. Of course. We welcome it. Um, <laughs> let's talk bulls though. Um, and looking at the preseason games, preseason, just about over bulls look pretty decent in the preseason games that they played. What, what are some of your general takeaways about them? Yeah. I mean, I think overall, I think I kind of wrote this the other day, I would give like a solid B to the bulls preseason action. You know, it, it, the way that they approach this off season, the word around the team and everything was always continuity. That was the approach. So I think this, this preseason, it wasn't like, you know, we're trying to look for anything new in particular. It was like, all right, we know they're trying to do a new offensive scheme. Lonzo's not in. So how are they going to, can they look a little more comfortable? Cause without him last year, that was a huge problem. So mm-hmm. some of the big questions just revolved around what was going to be their offensive identity. You know, could their defense clean up some things a little bit? They're not having Lonzo is a huge problem on the defense or, you know, huge absence on the defensive end, but there's ways to make up for it. What are they going to do with that? How, uh, you know, comfortable is Patrick Williams looking? He's supposed to take a leap this year. So there were little things here and there. And I think overall, you know, they finished three and one. I know preseason wins don't matter too much, but, you know, they, they were able to at least pull away in a lot of games. They definitely look like a team that's been together, right? Like that's like we said with the continuity, the approach was like, let's look comfortable on the court. Let's see that this just look like a team that has built that chemistry. And I think over the preseason, we did see that. So overall, it was fine. I think, you know, they took some steps that they needed to take, but there's still some concerns uh, specifically around three-point shooting. They don't have a lot of reliable three-point shooters, even though they may have some efficient shooters. They don't have high-volume ones. That was still a concern in the preseason. They had some turnover trouble at times, which is going to happen when you have a lack of a starting, you know, more traditional starting point guard. Right. And so I think, yeah, we saw the thing with continuity is that the same problems can pop up as well, right? And I think in the preseason, we saw a little bit of that happen. But yeah, I mean, it's hard because it's preseason. But overall, I think they, they you know, showed a little bit of growth. And now we'll see what the first couple of weeks of the, of the season look like because 
this is a much harder start than they had last year. Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to be a, an interesting test for them. So do you believe they can stay afloat? Think they can make it happen without Lonzo? Because it looks like he's going to be out at least, what, four months maybe? Six yeah, months maybe? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think, yeah, like it seems like he'll be back this year, but we're probably, I mean, I can't imagine that we'll be talking about it until around the all-star break, right? It just seems like not only is his recovery up in the air, considering what happened with the last surgery, but also Mm -hmm. they seem to be taking it extremely slow. Uh, You know, they want to be, they don't want any more issues once he comes back. So they're going to err on the side of caution, but in terms of whether they can stay afloat, I mean, I definitely think it's possible. I, I, I think, the way the last season ended, it rightfully so left a bad taste in a lot of mouths. But it's also, you know, we should factor in a little bit what they did during the first half of the season, which was, you know, really good. Pretty and impressive. I know it did. Yeah. And I know it did have, a, you know, I know Lonzo was involved in a lot of that, but there were still just moments that this team had that were super strong. They're still a great transition team. They're, you know, elite in that aspect. They still have three offensive all stars. Zach Levine's coming in fully healthy. That was a, you know, bigger issue than they tried to make it out to seem last year, his knee problems that he was having. He's supposed to come into the year more fully healthy. So, you know, I, I think, I think this is a team that will stay in the picture for sure. I, I, some people have dropped so low on them to like, can they compete for a play in tournament spot? No, I wouldn't go there. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm like, I think they can compete for a play. I think they're going to be kind of right around where they were last year. Like they're not going to have the highs, the high highs that they had of being a one seed and the low lows of playing like a borderline playing team. I think they're going to be more consistent of what we saw last year of being, you know, right around competing for that sixth seed, you know, for example. And that isn't the most exciting for fans. I understand like they want to see the, you know, the big step in the right direction, but also after years and years of like non-competitive basketball in the NBA, like it's okay to, for the second year of this core, have a team that could just get to the playoffs. And then you see what happens when you get to the playoffs. Right. But I I think they'll be able to hang in there. Uh, They have a decent enough foundation I kind of wrote about it th- this morning. I think they have a high enough floor with the three all-star caliber players that they have to stay competitive in the regular season. And then the playoffs is a different story. I want to talk about Patrick Williams for a sec, because to me, he's, he's seemingly kind of the biggest question mark on this team in terms of my question. Too. Yeah. In terms of like ceiling, too. My question too. what, uh, what he, he, it seems like he was relegated to the second unit and being kind of the, the big guy in the second unit. Is that, is that the right move? And what are you expecting from him this season? Are you expecting more growth to where he lives up to the potential of what he was as a first round draft pick? I hope so. Can I say that? I really yeah, you so can. That. Yeah. And, and I understand I why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I understand I would, why you say that too, because a lot right. of Bulls fans feel like like he's not gonna be the guy anymore. Like and I feel right. like a lot of people move in dog years, like he got hurt one year. Like, can we give him a little more time, a little right. 40 games? Like, what you think? Absolutely. No, I think I definitely think he deserves more time. No, no question about it. I mean, we have to remember he was the youngest NCAA prospect coming into the league, you know, in his draft. So the, the thing is, like, a lot of people like to use that. Be like, oh, he's only 21. He's only that. But like that stuff does matter. He is super young. He yeah. missed almost his entire second year in the NBA. And it would have been an incredibly valuable year because the team was winning. He was the whole second year of winning basketball. The first year he played where he started 75 games or whatever. He's playing on a bad team, you know, so there's a lot of growth that still needs to happen. And the, I, I feel a, the, the situation is interesting because the team has kind of put a lot of pressure on his back to step up right away, which, you know, some people just can't respond right away to that pressure. And I don't necessarily blame them for that. Cause they have to someone, especially someone like him, they have to come into their own. So uh, I think the the demotion, if you want to call it in the, to the second unit in, you know, the preseason was 
less of the actual like, hey, you're not performing to the level we want you to. And like, hey, can we just kick you into high gear by maybe giving you an easier start, playing you against some of the opposing teams, you know, second unit, playing them against the bench players, letting you take on a little bit more of an offensive role, because that was the big thing. They need him to take to be more aggressive offensively. And I think he just, and I can understand it for a young player like him. He's on the floor with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola right. Vucevic, three of the most gifted offensive players at their respective positions in the league. So for him, it's like, I, I'm supposed to just put the ball on the floor and go, you know, like drive in when I could just give it to Zach and he could do that or DeMar or, 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 you know, Vucevic. So it could be hard mentally. And I understand that. And I think in the second unit, the hope is maybe he'll just be naturally more aggressive. And so we'll see if on opening night, that is what they do. Cause I think they need his size in the uh, starting lineup, but I do think there's potential for him to come into his own. We saw in the final game of the regular season with uh, out those guys on the floor, at least with Levine and uh, DeRozan, he did step up. He did look more aggressive. And I think that last game, he may have learned a little bit how he can fit in even when playing with a Levine and DeRozan in the starting lineup, because it should all be easy for him. It should be easy buckets. He's one of those players right now where it's like, he doesn't need to be asked to be, you know, the guy. creating off. Yeah. The guy or creating off the dribble, right? Like what he needs to do is just cut hard to the basket you know, slide, find the open lane, hustle and transition. And these talented players will find you. So as long as he can kind of think less and use his athleticism and just play more, I think he'll take that, you know, at least enough of a step this year to help the team in the way that they need him to. Are you so on Pat or are you out on him too? Let no, me, I'm on the fence. Uh, I'm, yeah, so, uh-huh. I'm really interested to see him at the second unit. I am. I think him on the second unit is a smart move because just like just like you said, I think he was uh, a little scared when playing with the big three because okay. he's just this guy. He's this new guy. He's the young guy. What is he going to do that's going to be better than Zach Levine? You know, so I think he felt that <laughs> yeah. way. Him with uh, the second unit, I think he's going to feel more confidence. So he, so you guys don't it's, think, I'm going to ask both you guys this question. So you cover the Bulls. You love the Bulls. You cover the Bulls. So you don't think there's any potential for him to creep back up and potentially be a starter? I do. I, I okay. think I, I I think he would. Like, I still think it's possible he is an opening night. Because like I said, they need, mm. like, they do need his, he they need his his raw defensive instincts and they need his size in the front court. So I think it's still possible on opening night that we see him at that position. It's just, you know, I think maybe he's staggered a little bit more. You know, maybe he does get more opportunities with the second unit in general just so they can, let him, you know, find some sort of spark offensively. So yeah, it's not like I'm, I, I'm definitely not out on him as, okay. you know, a prospect. It's just, my concerns are like, can he be what they need him to be as quickly as they need him to be it? If that makes sense. You know, yes. like I, I, know, I asking for him. That's a hundred percent correct answer. And, and on top of that, what do you think of Javante then stepping in for him as a starter in that role? Junkyard dog. Right. I love Javante. Uh, such a fun player to watch. And I think it made complete sense in a lot of ways that he uh, found the chemistry that he, and he looked as good as he did with that starting unit. Cause when we think about it, the starting lineup that played the most minutes last year, him, Ildesumu, which is why I think he's starting at point guard, uh, Vucevic, DeRozan and Levine, though, that team, I think that lineup played, it was like 251 minutes together last season. And the second closest lineup was instead of Io Alonzo in that five man unit with Javante, Zach, DeMar, Vuce. And that was like, 150 minutes so like the, the top two lineups all involved each involved Javante right so it does it's not surprising to me that he goes in there it's also just naturally the player he is he fits really well alongside you know high usage all-star off like offensive minded all-stars because like you said junkyard dog I say like he's a he's the most uh, amazing garbage man that you could ask for because he's like I'm just gonna do all the dirty work I don't care I'll get my hands dirty like I'll die for the loose ball so yeah. he makes sense completely 
And he's comfortable with those guys. They know how to play with them even more than Pat, you know, like Patrick Williams right now, he doesn't have that experience playing with this unit. And when you're trying to win now, that's why it can be a little hard to, to not put Javante in with that group more often. Cause you just see it. It's obvious that he's more comfortable. So uh, if he does end up starting, I'm not going to be surprised. I do think it could be very matchup dependent the way they okay. use those two, you know, based off like, are we playing, you know, especially in the central division when you have the Cavs and the Bucks, it's like, are we playing a bigger team? Okay. Pat's going to start tonight. If we're going to play a smaller, you know, more of a small ball team, we'll use Javante in there. But Javante, regardless of how they use him, you know what you're going to get. And that's what Donovan said the other night. And that's the best thing about him. Such a fun player to watch. So energetic, great guy to have, whether he's in the starting unit or coming off the bench. Now, the East obviously just keeps getting stronger and stronger and more competitive. Some would even argue that the East is more competitive than the West. <clears throat> Me. Uh, <laughs> I would agree with you. I would agree with, with the you. East being so competitive now, where would you necessarily place the Chicago Bulls in terms of tier or like hierarchy? Like, where do they stand? Yeah. So I was kind of doing this. Uh, I was doing this on my own show the other day and the points <laughs> in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was doing this on, uh, on there and I kind of have like the, I have the East tiered in, in different ways. And so I have like one giant middle tier right now for kind of all the, the improved, but also still unknown teams. So like I throw the bulls into this middle tier that involves like the Cavs, the Hawks, um, the Raptors, even like, I think there's this would, group. No, go for like it. The Raptors. I would argue you do. Yeah. Okay. So how do it's you, it's hard okay. to rule out the Raptors. <laughs> yeah. And someone mentioned someone, cause you know, my, my preview is out. If you haven't had the opportunity to check that out, my preview is out. NBA team previews, watchstadium.com. You know, silo plug in real fast. But um, someone told me I wasn't as high on the Raptors as I should have been. And I always, and I feel like, that the Chicago Bulls are better than those three teams you named. So like the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe they're better okay. than the Toronto Raptors. And I believe, what was the third team you said? Uh, Hawks. Hawks. Cavs. I think they're better than all three of those teams, in my yeah. opinion. I think the Bulls. Hawks for sure. So I, yeah, I mean, I definitely, so I don't disagree with you because I actually moved in, in the latest kind of round that are the update of the, of the tiers that I was doing and the rankings, I did move uh, the Bulls ahead of the Raptors. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, Especially, and it was for me, it was after watching the Bulls play the Raptors in the preseason. Like, I love defensively what that team is, especially in today's NBA. They have every, like, lengthy wing, you know, yeah. coaches drool over their defensive ability. <laughs> but they don't have, they still didn't solve the center position. We know that that was a team that was, like, sniffing around Gobert, sniffing around potential center options. And that's still a big hole for them. And Vucevic ate them up last year, and he ate them up in the preseason. And in the East, you got plenty of big men that, you know, you can throw these lengthy wings at. Maybe they're super talented defenders, but... Uh, you know, Embiid, Giannis, like I know no one stops these guys, but they especially don't have a lot of options at the center position. So I, and then offensively, there's just not a lot there yet in terms of like, I just don't know what their offensive identity is. Yeah. I know what their defensive identity is, but offensively, I don't know. So for me, I do think, uh, and when I mentioned earlier with the Bulls, I just think they have a high floor with the kind of players that they have, like they're smart players, they're savvy players. So they may not be like the sexiest pick this year to like, you know, have great playoff success, but in the regular season, I could see them being a good regular season team. So I do think they're, they could be better than a team like the Raptors. Um, but yeah, like the Hawks, like that team, I still think is un an unknown. Like yes. people just assume now it's like, Oh, they got to Jonte Murray. They're good. It's like, it's, did you see how many problems they had? <laughs> like it's a wing. And it's a wing. In my opinion, for the Eastern conference, it's a wing driven. It's a wing driven conference. Like a, 
most of right. the top players are wings. You know, you got the Zachs and the Demars, you got Jalen and Jason, like most got uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton, like KD. It's a lot of yeah. wings. So it's like for them to go out and go get DeJounte Murray, I just don't feel like that necessarily solved their problem. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, it definitely helps Trey out defensively. Right. But it's like, yes. we need to see Those are two high usage players. Like, and I, and it can sound a little hypocritical, like maybe bashing <laughs> them for that because the bulls just had Zach and DeMar, but right. like Zach and DeMar and you know, like everyone was worried about that combination, but Zach and DeMar like are at least a little more experienced than these two guys, especially with Trey, like Trey did not have the, the has not had the experience playing off the ball. Like he'll need to next to DeJounte, especially because of his shooting. Like he's the one that's going to have to be playing more off the ball than DeJounte. So DeJounte fixes some of their defensive issues, but yeah, there's concerns there. As for like the original question though, the tiers, like my top section, I have like Bucks. I think it's Bucks, Philly and Boston, like in one little group, I have Miami as their own group. And then you drop down to like the Cavs, Hawks, Bulls, Raptors, like that kind of group right there. And I think that that's, uh, I think they're all going to duke it out for like those middle spots because there's a lot of questions with some teams and uh, like like the Hawks and those teams. I mean, even the Cavs adding Donovan, like that's a great team. No one's no one's going to deny that the Cavs have a really nice roster. Yeah, but, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're a good roster. And but I think that's a, that's one of those teams that like long term you can be high on. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm thinking like, more long term. Right. How is it going to look exactly this year? Like, is it going to surprise anybody if they are hanging around like a six or you know a six seed? Like, no. Like some people are like, oh, they could be top of the conference. Like maybe in the future, but right now it ta- it's a big addition to add someone like Donovan Mitchell. So mm-hmm. a lot of the change, the East is really good, but there's been a lot of change, and you know, change takes time to figure out. So. Did you mention the Nets? I'm not sure you mentioned the Brooklyn. Oh, I didn't. No, the Nets is in that group. I knew I was forgetting one team. Okay. The Nets are in that group. But the Nets, are, <laughs> that's one of those teams in my mind. Like, if we talk about variant, like, I think the Bulls have some variants, you know, and how good they can be. But uh, the Nets, if we were talking about real variants, like, that's a team that could be one in the East or they could be back hey. in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, for all we know. Because that's just a crazy situation. And I can't trust, like, I'm not going to believe till halfway through the season that there anything like i'm just gonna have to wait and see you know because i think that they're gonna be good but it's like it's ben simmons gonna stay on the floor it's Kyrie gonna stay on the floor like we can't trust anything about that team right now it's okay. not at all <laughs> not, not at all this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I would love to hear your opinion on Andre Drummond. Because I think if you ask, you know, a generic baseline average NBA fan, you say, how old is Andre Drummond? They're going to say 36. <laughs> no. Nope. 35. Man's 29. He's yep. not even 30. I, 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 and I love that too. I love the fact that you just mentioned that because I tell, I used to tell people all the time, y'all don't understand how young Andre yeah. Drummond really is. Like he probably been 25, for like seven years. Like <laughs> he's been so, he's so young and so youthful, but he's been in the league for like 12 years at yeah. the same time too. He came in the league so early. So yeah. Well, what's, what's your opinion on it? What's he bringing to the team this year? Well, I definitely think, yeah, so you're 100% right. I think there's there's two thoughts that I think casual, like more just casual followers have about Andre Drummond. And like one of them is, like you said, that he's older than he is. And two, for some reason, like casual fans think Andre Drummond's like amazing. Like he's like really good. And there's nothing against him. He's a good player. So you don't saying, think he's good? I, I wouldn't add the no. really good. <laughs> but you don't think he's yeah, good? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> no, I think he's good. I okay. mean, but what I'm saying is I just see, especially from like Bulls fans, because Bulls fans, for some reason, like I just have from cover the team the past couple of years and seeing what they have to say, like they've wanted Andre Drummond for like years. And it's just because like these casual fans are, you know, like a lot of them will see Andre Drummond just this big dude. And they're like, he was an all-star back in the day. Look how many, like, and when he was with Detroit, look at, like, how he played and all this stuff. And so they just think that, and they think that he should be, like, we should get him and he'll play over Vucevic and all that. And I'm like, no, everyone hold your horses. <laughs> yeah. He I'm is like, shooting threes off the brakes. But wait, though, he is shooting yeah. the threes. How y'all feel about he, that? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of, in terms of the offseason addition, though, like, it, 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 when you're talking about backup centers now, right? Like he's, he's a very good backup center to have, especially for a Bulls team that had really no option at that position last year, because they signed Tony Bradley in the, in the off season, mm-hmm. you know, uh, last off season, thinking that he could help out of that position. And he, he offered nothing there really. And then they didn't really have anywhere to go after that. So Drummond, he, and he also, this was one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the league last year. They were about 28th, I believe in offensive rebounding percentage. So Andre Drummond's going to come in and fill a hole for them for sure. Like when you talk about just filling like need of rebounding, he's going to bring you his, his defense. Some people think he's a better rim protector than he is just because he's big. Like he's not a very talented defender, but he's a big body. And that just matters, right? Having somebody else like who Vucevic was your only, he was your seven footer. Uh, what Drummond's about six ten. Like that's just another big body to throw in there and, and mess with guys. So he gives them something that they definitely needed. I think he's serviceable. He can give you some spot starts. So in terms of like, I think it was in the, what, the GM survey actually, like, ranked him this year, like, uh, one of the most surprising signings. So, like, someone, one of the GMs was, like, really surprised by the signing. But, you know, he's, he definitely is a, is turning into the past couple years a winning player because of just what he can bring off the bench and what he can bring to his second unit. So, I think for the Bulls, it was a smart signing simply from a need perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be completely fine for them this year. Like, he's not a needle mover, I don't think, you know, but is he going to give you the minutes that you need from that position, which they couldn't get last year. Absolutely. Would you rather have him? Would you, would you rather have him defending the Giannis's of the world, the Joel Embiid's of the world, the Jokic, the Jokic of the world, or would you prefer a Vucevic? Now, which one would you rather on that defensive front? Like which one would you yeah. rather have? Yeah. See, like this, this is the tough thing about signing Andrew Drummond. Cause like I, you would love to sign someone where you could say for sure him, but like, I don't feel like I could say that about Drummond. Like, is mm. he going to be that much better doing it than Vucevic? Like the thing with okay. Drummond is, is like, can you just throw him out there for like a couple minutes on that guy, even get a couple fouls, like, you know, just like throw him out there and, get, and rough him up and play a little physical because Vucevic is obviously not as physical. So he at least gives you that dynamic, but in terms of just success in those matchups, I don't think there's a big difference between what he's going to offer you versus Vucevic. And a lot of it for the Bulls is just going to rely on help defense. You know, it's going to rely on team defense. It's going to rely on being scrappy. This is where someone like Patrick Williams really needs to try to help and in, in, in come into his own mm. is he's obviously not going to be drawing the um, specific matchup against like Embiid or something, but his help defense can be huge in that situation. Like his physicality inside against someone like Giannis could be, could be big. So uh, I think their best lineup at the end of the day, like a closing lineup, is still going to feature Vucevic. But then everybody else needs to step up when it comes to, you know, <laughs> when it comes to playing defensively. But that's the problem with their offseason. We talk about it. They needed rim protection and against these guys that you're talking about, right? And, they, and I just don't necessarily think they, they added that in the way they should. So I like the Drummond signing, but he doesn't really give you that, you know, rim protection that you need behind Vucevic. Not to the way that they need it, I guess. So uh, Io, right? He's gonna get the starting job. Is what it looks like. What it looks like. Looks like he's Io's gonna get the starting job. You think that's the right move, or is it too soon? Like, what? Do you, how do you assess that? 
No, so I've been I've been on the Iowa train for a while. I should I'll admit uh, of my my bias. I did go to the University of Illinois. So okay. you know there's so ain't wrong, ain't there's wrong with that. Some, <laughs> there's some yeah, there's some inherent there's some inherent bias I will ha- I have to admit to, and I always do. But uh no, with a player like I who I you know, I because of him going there and, and following him there, like I have watched him for a long time and I definitely think that out of the options that they had, he made the most sense in the starting unit. And I've been kind of talking about it since we realized that ball was going to be out. He was the guy that I, I thought made the most sense there. And I, I say that because while no one can replicate what Lonzo does, I think he's the closest to bringing the two-way impact that they need. Because Caruso in that starting lineup, it would be great to have him defensively there. But at the same time, having that versatility off the bench is a huge advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah, and having his experience in the second unit is even better. But also offensively with... I don't know. Caruso just, he hasn't, uh, he was a 40% three point shooter two years ago. Last year, that dipped back down, I think, to like 34% or 33%. And his passing is okay. You know, he does like to push the pace and transition. But I just think offensively, you get a little bit more with Io, uh, at least theoretically this year. I think he can do a little bit more in a pick and roll game. I think he also is a very talented transition scorer. And we saw that at times last year. And this is a team that wants to run fast. So I think he makes sense. Uh, leading that on the offensive end. And then defensively, he's good enough where, right, he offers you more than Dro- like Goran Drogic's going to offer you there. And he offers you more than Kobe White's going to offer you there. And he's not as good at, as him up. We got to bring him up too. Yeah. But he, uh, <laughs> but at least uh, I think his on ball defense, Isles last year was really impressive, especially on like Trey Young. You know, guys like Trey Young, he guarded incredibly well last year. He even guarded like Tatum t- at times well last year. He has defensive versatility that can be like Lonzo's in that starting lineup. So I think he made the most sense. Also, we brought this up or I brought this up earlier. He had, you know, the most minutes with the stars last year. It's that experience thing that just that can really come in handy. So I think it was good. I think he'll I think he'll be completely fine in it. We'll see if this can maybe open up more to his game, bring something more out of him. But even if he stays the same as he was last year, like he'll be fine. It's just hopefully we'll see if maybe uh, playing alongside the stars the whole year, maybe a confidence boost. We'll see if he can do a little bit more, especially offensively, I think creating his own shot a little bit more. He did that a lot at Illinois. You know, he came in more as a scorer anyway. So if he can just provide a little bit more offensively, uh, he's going to have a really good year, I think. Kobe White. Let's talk about him real fast. Now, how you feel about Kobe White first and foremost? Replaceable. <laughs> I think that's the key word is, is Kobe White is, is replaceable. So how you feel about Kobe White? Well, well, I can't say that I disagree. I I think that if there is anybody on the team who uh, you could say that about, well, I mean, anyone in the rotate like rotation that you could say that about, it would probably be white. Um, I think that it's it's a bummer for me. I'll admit, I was I was a mm-hmm. very big Kobe White stand when he came me into too. the league when they, when they drafted him. I was all in. I was like, and I just have a I have a thing for like small fast point guards. I've always been I've always like loved that. So when he came in, that just that added to it. So I was all excited for him, and and I do think you know his inability to find a level of consistency that they need isn't completely his fault because his role has changed a lot since he entered the league. His situation has changed. You know they he went from spark plug to starter back to spark plug and like it just he's moved around a lot in terms of and from point guard to playing you know more of the off ball role which he should be playing now that should be more of his permanent role but uh he's moved around a lot so I think his lack of consistency can definitely be attributed to just the way the team has operated around Mm -hmm. him but at the same time it's still on him to you know he needs he hasn't shown what he needs to show defensively to stay on the floor his three ball while he shot a career high 38 percent last year you know, if you go and you actually break down like in chunks how he shot, it was like 
he's shooting 43% for like three weeks. And then he's shooting, you know, 31% for three weeks. And that's just, when you're trying to win basketball games, it's hard to have that, you know, that, that kind of, that, to have that lack of balance out of your right. player. So if they move on from anybody this year, it would make the most sense to be white just because, and not only because of the inconsistency, but because he's coming up on a contract extension, right? Like they need to pay him next year. So it's either they are, it's either they should pay him this summer or they should trade him because you don't want him to lose him for nothing in restricted free agency. So if around the trade deadline, you know, there's going to be a lot of people are saying there should be a lot of available players this year because everyone's going to be in full blown tank mode for, (laughs) for, uh, you know, for all the big guys. So, um, (laughs) I think that if anyone's traded this year or packaged with something, it would make sense for it to be Kobe. Final question for you. This is, this is bold prediction, hot take time. What is best a, question? <laughs> what is a one bold prediction, hot take, whatever it may be awards where the bulls finish trades, how a player performs, whatever it is for the Chicago bulls this year. What is a bold prediction slash hot take that you have for them? Oh my God. I'm oh. so, I have a problem. I have such a problem with being, I have such a problem with being rational, level-headed hot take. <laughs> um, let me, let me think. It, that's, that's the best part like, about this. It, it doesn't have to be rational. Yeah. Oh, I, know, well, I know that's insane. what I'm saying. Is that's, that's the problem with me is that I, I think too rationally. It's honestly a disadvantage in what, what we do, right? We want to come on here and give great hot takes. And I'm like, I can never. So let me think here. I think, uh, Hmm. I would say, okay, here's, here's, all right, this is one that could be insane, uh, is we'll go back to Io, right? Right. Io Desumu, let's say, I would say Io Desumu in the conversation for most improved player. Okay. That's very hot. I don't think it will actually happen, but (laughs) if we're going to go super hot, if like when you just talk about what it takes to be in that conversation now, Mm -hmm. the the annoying thing about most improved player in recent years is like John Morant was getting it. And so that's not, I could, you know, and then like like, Zion's favorite to win it this year, according to the betters. So yeah, Yeah, it's like, it's tasteful. So in theory, like someone like that's going to end up winning it. And that's just that, that shouldn't be how the award works. But in reality, a player like IO technically, I think should be in the conversation for that kind of award. So that will be my extremely hot take. He's at least talked about maybe as a, as a, an option for that award later on. And, and that, that will be it. There we go. <laughs> Love it. No, I can't complain with that. I, what, uh, I owe when it most improved. I, I might put a dollar on it just to see there if I go. don't look at the eyes. Uh, yeah, well, it's probably, you'll probably get like, yeah, you'll probably get like uh, $1. We'll get you like 500 bucks. So Perfect. <laughs> see, Perfect. I love it. Bulls energy right there. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Tell the people, Mr. Schuster, where can they find your work? Don't forget to mention that podcast. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, I, so, yeah, you can follow, uh, read all my work at bleachernation.com, uh, and you can follow us at BN underscore Bulls on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter account, I also tweet Bull stuff from there, so that's uh, at Schuster underscore Elias. And then, uh, and then my podcast. Yes, uh, this was it was a soft launch over the summer. We did like five or six episodes, but then the first one of this new season comes uh, came out today. So uh, that is called Points in the Podcast uh, with me, Great name. <laughs> Elias Schuster, and uh, and we just talk about. That's more of uh, my outlet to talk about the NBA as a whole. Nice. But since I know that people are probably only going to listen to it that read my bull stuff, I of course have a Chicago twist. We always talk about something bulls in there. But uh, but yeah, that's where you can find my stuff. 
Nice, 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 nice. It is a pleasure to have you on this podcast. And guess what? We definitely are going to bring you back on throughout the middle of the season when the Bulls are like in first place. <laughs> oh, please do. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> and we can talk all about how DeMar DeRozan deserves to be MVP. How that sound? Oh, that oh, that sounds like that sounds and we'll be talking about I'll assume his most improved uh most they get all the awards. <laughs> Billy Donovan well, so coach I, of the year. <laughs> yeah, so I can't I cannot wait. I no, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was a lot of fun.